need everyone to like and subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Dante Elefante, aka Ruben Zarate. This is your intro for this week, episode 36 with Ezra Black. Ezra Black is a good friend of mine, Timothy Tim. Uh, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. We usually stay with him. And a shout out to Tahadol, uh for everyone, everyone in Houston who lets us crash at their place, man. Um, we get a little into that. And honestly, man, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad that they all moved out of that house. Uh, we definitely had some great nights after a show. You just kind of drink all night and then end up sleeping on their couch. And it's it's always super comfortable. Last time I was there, I, I forgot to tell my boss that I was on tour. And then uh, I woke up that next morning. I was like, well, shit, I'm in Texas. There's no way I'm going back to work. And so I, tech- I emailed him like in that moment. I was like, hey, I'm going to be working from home. I'm on tour. I'm in Texas. Like, I'll see you in a month. And he hated that. And I think I got fired as soon as I got home. It, was, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like a, it was a social media gig. You can do social media marketing from home. I do not need to be in an office. And that is something we are learning with this pandemic is that I do not need to work at an office anymore. Most businesses should not be wasting their money on real estate, on offices. Do it online if you can. And, and I think it's just a little learning curve of how to successfully work from home. And I, this is not what I'm making this intro about, but yeah, that's definitely what I remember when I end up in, in uh, uh, Houston. Also, last time, one of the last times we were in Houston, uh, our van our radiator broke down in San Antonio and we made it all the way to Houston. We did Austin and got it fixed in Houston. Oh, RIP that van. Good news. I did sell that van uh, last week. Me and Raphael, we finally got it sold. Um, yeah, stressful. It's in a better place now. Um, yeah, so yeah, Ezra Black, good friend of mine. Glad we got the chat. Um, he hit me up and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. We haven't haven't talked to you in a while, and he's working on music. He talk he talks about the band he was in. He was signed to a major label back in the day, and uh, he kind of talks about his experience with that and and gentr- seeing gentrification in Los Angeles. He lived in L.A. for a long time, and another another week, another week, another day. But uh, I'll just say this: the Dante Levante podcast is completely one hundred percent sponsored by the people. There's no brands. There ain't shit. I would love a brand as soon as I get a brand to to sponsor this podcast. I think I'll be in a better place. But you know what? I got you. Thank y'all. Thanks everyone who's joining the Patreon. My apologies if I made this before anyone new joined the Patreon. But Andrew E. Roth, Ashley Brinkley, and Joseph Hallow. Thank you so much. We love you. I'm trying to think of new things to put on the Patreon. I'm I'm constantly thinking of new tiers. Or like what can I do to, to make these Patreon things better. Like, like the DJ mix is slowly turning into a radio show where I'm talking in between some of the songs. Like, and uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of liking that because everyone's like, do a radio show. You should do a radio show on KCSB, the UCSB station. And my bass player does one and I'm sure they're really fun. And, but like, I don't know. I think I'd rather just do this Dante radio station uh, subscription thing, you know. Um, I, I kind of like that idea. So check out the Patreon. Once again, Patreon should be right here. Um, and t-shirts. You know the t-shirts. The pr- Oh, this is the biggest news that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, the album. You can pre-order the album now. The link is in the description for that. 
Thank you for everyone. We had a really exciting week with dropping emotion. That was insane. Thanks for everyone streaming right now. The response has been insane. Thank you so much. I love that song. Uh, I wrote that song right around, like I wrote Call Me on the Phone and then I wrote Emotion, but then Emotion didn't make it. For some reason or the other, Emotion didn't make Rare Attractions and it's, it just didn't fit. I remember showing the band and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I could do it this way. And I don't know, it just wasn't fitting and it just wasn't right for that project. So it's gonna be on the new record. And yeah, I'm excited. It's cool. I'm, uh, you can pre-order it now. Translucent blue, translucent blue vinyl. And uh, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to announce like some of the other stuff we're doing, uh, some of the other colors that we're doing and how to get the coveted yellow vinyl. I don't know what I can say and what I can't say right now. So um, yeah, we'll just keep it at that. As for Black, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I got some really fun podcast guests coming up. Uh, if you have questions for like Jerry Paper or uh, Little Wings, I'm doing that one soon. By the time this comes out, I hadn't done. Okay, by the time this, here's my <laughs> my Golden Girls calendar. This is it's like all over the place. By the time this comes out, the Little Wings podcast will be done. Uh, so don't give me your questions for Little Wings, but I am setting up an interview with Warrington and Jerry Paper and Chris Cohen. Those are coming up. So if you got questions for those people, Chris Cohen's awesome. Jerry Paper's awesome. Warrington, the homie Warner. It's going to be great. Yeah. Enjoy this podcast. Uh, sorry I ranted. It's longer than, than, than I'm used to, but I feel like I'm getting used to talking directly into this camera. And if you're listening in audio, I realize a lot of people listen to these in audio. Um, thanks for listening. This is great. Let's keep the ball rolling. Ezra Black, thank you. Like and subscribe. YouTube, like and subscribe. Okay, we're going. Ezra Black, how are you? Doing well, man. Just uh, hanging out and text. Yeah. How about yourself? You good? How's, dude, I'm doing pretty good, man. How's how's Texas? It's good. Um, You know, I, I mean, I guess as good as we can be during this whole pandemic and uh yeah but you know some cool things happening with music family my younger brother just moved back from new york so that's always cool you know he was definitely one of the first people i started playing music with so now we're just like refiguring out how to collaborate together <laughs> so yeah yeah through through online through yeah, yeah 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 but you know he, he just bought a house here in, in houston so yeah yeah cool so he set up a studio, so we're gonna be jamming today. Actually, I'm really excited about. It. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Um, are you still in that same house? No, actually, we moved. So the the mm. the, the Edmondson house is no longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sucks. It was definitely a cra- crazy time, crazy in a good way. You know, just like so many musicians coming through. You know, you got yeah. Um, shoot, like some of the people from Triathlon coming through. This is fun. Yeah. It's a great place to be, and you know, Gil and Cato. Like, you know, I think like, we all miss it, but you know, it's it's like, it's one of those moments where it was a moment in time, and like yeah, everyone was sort of moved. Yeah, and so it was cool though. You know, I don't know if there's pictures, but there's definitely memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we always had a really good time, like 
coming through Houston and like, oh, we get to see Cato, we get to see, yeah. you know, everyone to be fun, yeah, man. Yeah. And then you know, seeing seeing all the guys, seeing Brother Sports in Austin, like it was so fun. Like, yeah, man, I know, I really miss those times. Just like music, man. I'm yeah. sure you, I know you understand. Yeah, you know, just being able to be out there and doing what you love, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's been real difficult during this quarantine, but I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get I'm I'm getting used to it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, it's like extra hot today. Is it hot over there? Uh it's actually pretty nice. I mean, uh, pretty nice. It's like in the 80s. Okay. 90s, but, for uh, for Houston standards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be getting a cold front this week, so I really look forward to that. You know, honestly. Oh, that's good, man. We got we got a big we got a big fire brewing over there, so it's getting real hot. Yeah, I have some friends in Los Angeles that were saying like they woke up to uh, like ash on their porch and stuff like that. So it's like that's crazy. Yeah, it straight up smells like a barbecue. Straight up smells like a barbecue right now. Actually, Jenny, could you could you close? Guy, <laughs> yeah, to have my girlfriend close the window. It's getting bad. <laughs> that's the barbecue you want. To um. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. This is not the barbecue I want to get invited for. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So yeah, so um, you've been you've been working on music, this this project Ezra Black for a while now. How long have you been working on this? Project? Yeah, man. I guess it, it's it's twenty twenty. So I think I, I created Ezra Black about uh, the beginning or middle of. 2018 so it's, it's really only about a year and a half yeah. maybe two years and um yeah you know at first it was really like i had gone to playing you know i was a signed musician in los angeles and i moved back to texas and i was really just trying to figure out who i was as a human being uh, i think music yeah. had consumed every aspect of my life that i just i didn't really have time or the chance to grow up you know and and figure out who i was as a person outside of music and uh mm. so with that being said yeah Ezra Black it's been about two and a half years or two years close to it and it's been great honestly you know like a lot of it at first was really just like hey I'm just writing music I don't really care what I do yeah. with it it just felt good to be writing again and then I think whenever like yeah mm. I started hanging out with like the satellite crew here in Houston um, you know, one of the first people that yeah. I met musically was uh, Derek from Montreal. And, you know, he introduced me to Gil and pretty much everyone else that I've met since that time, like, you know, Gato and all them. And, they, you know, they've been yep. great, great friends and also just great community leaders, um, as well as just, you know, good people to, to soundboard off of, you know. Like, whenever we had that house, as you were mentioning, you know, it's like at a point, Gil... Yeah. Gil and Derek were living there, so I had two musicians I really respect and look up to, like helping me sort of just create a vibe to create the music for ideas. And then whenever Kato moved in, you know, I had someone who wasn't a musician, but definitely loves music and was part of the music community, be like, hey, man, like you should talk about this topic or like, you know, this topic's great. Like you should release that song. You know, why are you keeping it hidden? And then, so, you know, because for me, it's like music. Yeah. Is, I think for every musician and I'm sure you can attest, it's like music is super personal, you know. And so to be able to like, first off, just put it down on pen and paper and then record it is one thing. But then putting it out to be really to be um, digested by listeners, it's it definitely takes a lot of uh 
courage to put it out there, you know? And so I definitely, I appreciate it. Yeah, sometimes everyone. you need that push from someone. Yeah, yeah, someone outside yourself, man. Cause I mean, I'm sure you know too, like mm. when you self-produce, you're always working on one song, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's definitely like having, you no, know, I trying, trying to cook a meal, but you're hungry and you know you have all the ingredients. But you're like, what do I do? <laughs> that's so true man i think i think it's so i don't know it's so it's it's so rewarding to finally put stuff out but like also i don't know there gets to a point where like like i'm just like okay out but what's what's next i need next like you know especially because you've been working on it for so long it's like i need what i need more i always need more but maybe that's just no no i agree with you i agree with you there 100 (laughs) percent. yeah you're coming out with something (laughs) new too right yeah, we just announced the uh, album today, like an hour ago. So I had to wake up and, and do that. And then I was like, oh, I need to eat something. And so I went and ate something. And then uh, we went to Starbucks. I got me the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich. Have you had that yet? No, but I have had an Impossible Burger. And I'm all about it. You know, like. And so so now Starbucks has the Impossible yeah. Sausage Perfect. Sandwich. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome so we just grabbed that and then came here and now i'm doing this and then yesterday i started making bagels for the first time oh that's a mission so now big mission yeah so i have a full day people have been like what you been doing during the quarantine i'm I'm busy (laughs) i'm very busy (laughs) every hour i have something to do every hour no i don't know but then again like and then you know honestly like it, this is a time for other people. I've, I've I've talked to a lot of people now doing this podcast, and it's a really common thread that like people need this time. Like it's really stressful. People are stressed out, and people need to just like chill. And I also yeah. get that. But for me and how I work, I need to constantly. I need to keep going. I can't just take this year. I can't yeah, take this year I off. You, you I know, you 100%, yeah, yeah. I've been. But also, oh, sorry. One more, one more point I'll make. Also, I uh, I just think that it's so hard to create in the quarantine as well. Like I've, I've written three songs and that's like, I did that the first month and I haven't written shit yeah, since. No, I, you know, I 100% yeah. agree with you there. And yeah, I've had some friends ask me about that as well. And it's like, well, you know, I just, I just finished school for coding. So I'm really focused on, yeah. you know, trying to find a job in, in this quarantine the pandemic era, which is crazy. And then also like, I'm in a really great relationship. And so, you know, most of my songs are about, troublesome things and so it's like honestly, i don't really have material yeah. right now like life's good <laughs> i don't know if i've ever written a <laughs> song before so i have to figure out how to how totally to grasp those emotions and be like cool yeah man like things are tight you know? <laughs> um but that being, yeah that, i'm it, it, it's helpful to like uh be in a clear mind headspace and and be able to sort of like one of the songs I'm working on right now is one that I wrote about a year and a half ago. And so like rehashing and be like, okay, how do I want this song to sound and be portrayed now? And, and you know, thankfully I'm able to work with some really great people here and as well in Austin and try to, uh, mm. yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it, I, I understand completely when you're in a, a stable relationship, it's hard to write because you're so used to writing about, the new love or the love lost. <laughs> and now you're just like in that in between. And you're right. like, okay, yeah. <laughs> time to write some domestic ass shit. But isn't that what like Paul McCartney Ram, isn't that like just like a big domestic record, like eat at home and all those other songs. Yeah, like, man, you know, and you got, you're my best friend, my queen. It's just like, Hey dude. <laughs> totally. 
that that domestic yeah, bliss. You know, so yeah. I, I gotta lock <laughs> into this, you know, like put on some wings and listen, you know. <laughs> Dude, yes, yeah, you gotta put on dude. like, yeah, dude. Some people have had enough of silly love songs, <laughs> you know. Dude. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you were living in LA. How long were you living in LA for? Um, I was living in LA from 2006 until 2014. Yeah, so I was 17. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my brothers, um. You know, we, we grew up doing music together and, and they got signed to Universal Records and I think it was around 2005. And I, mm. I had been playing music, you know, sneaking into their room before I went to school at like six in the morning and picking up a guitar and playing. And I got pretty good. And to the point where they stopped getting mad at me for playing their stuff to be like, hey, like, yeah, play some stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I was in my junior year of high school, my parents, you know, my brothers were like, Hey, we got signed. We want uh, him to join the band. And my parents were like, no, dude, this guy's going to college and all this other stuff. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to seventeen year old boy's dream, you know? And so, so yeah, yeah. I, I spoke with my parents and they're like, okay, well, if you want to go, like, you got to graduate high school early and do some college. And so my, the summer of my junior year, that would have been my scene going into my senior year. I did uh, about nine hours of college and then did homeschooling. And while I was doing homeschooling, I was doing uh, practicing for the band and doing some more college. So I really put in the effort to, wow. to be in LA. And then, you know, yeah, I was in LA and, and that was a crazy, but good experience. You know, my first night there was just like, you know, I, I, I met one of my, yeah. the, the, our manager was Tony Sciola and he managed Eagles of Death Metal. And, you know, I, I was all mm. about rock and roll life. And, you know, so I think the first, the first day we moved, went out there, we visited him at his house, which was amazing. And the next day he's like, Hey, they're playing at the Henry Fonda. Do you want to go? And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, so we watched the show. I'm blown away. And then afterwards, yeah. he's like, do you want to go on the bus? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that, <laughs> that led to me uh, walking home at some point in the early hours in the morning to a Denny's that was like a mile and a half away from where we lived. And I didn't, it's my first day in LA, so I didn't know left from right. And so I'm in this Denny's yeah. and I pass out, wake up, and there's like a table of cops staring at me. And I call my brother and I'm Oh, I'm at the no. Denny's and he's like, dude, you are way on the other side of town. Like, you need so I walked oh, home from Denny's no. all the way. I was from Echo Park, like over there area to um, let's see, it was Sunset and Highland. So, wow, yeah, first night in LA, and then wow, yeah, what a crazy really, really first set night. the tone for the rest of the time. <laughs> Echo Park in 2006 must have been a lot different than the Echo Park we know today. Oh, yeah. Were you were you guys living in that neighborhood or what neighborhood? Well, were you yeah, like uh, as I mentioned, the first place I lived in was Sunset and Highland, like right there. It was I think it's a Chick-fil-A now, but at the time it was a Carl's Jr. And um, cool. You know, that was back whenever a pack of Beagler rolling tobacco was literally 99 cents. Like I could find totally. pennies on the ground next to bus stations and save them up and go buy like, a pack of rolling tobacco. Um, and uh, smoking's not cool, kids, you know, but, you know, but, hey. No, dude, dude, yeah. <laughs> but to each their own. Hey, I'm not going to knock anyone for stuff that I know 
for sure yeah. did. Um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Echo Park was way different. You know, like whenever I I first moved to Echo Park in probably 2008, I would think. Mm. Um, 2008, 2009. And yeah, I was looking on Lucretia, which is a block behind like where Gold Room is. Like, so just north of Gold oh yeah yeah so like i remember mm-hmm. that was a crazy time because you know that's whenever sunset uh sunset strip was just like popping off like the festival and all that stuff. and i mean there's yeah. some amazing bands back then like delta spirit was just coming out um, i remember we yep. used to play with um oh, man i'm gonna beat myself uh, local natives a lot like all those guys yeah they were just yeah yeah. Out, yeah we used to play a lot of shows with them and it was fun you know and definitely again like being a young younger than them and looking up to them a lot and learning you know sort of the ins and outs of just trying to write music and then you know build a community because that was a weird transition in music too that was like right yeah. emo was huge and then coming out and i remember being at skrillex's first show at um so, what was it not Cinesp- was it cinespace yeah like elmo lovano really great <laughs> Oh uh, wow! Drummer, musician, he had his band that was playing, and uh, yeah, yeah, dude, Sonny Skrillex played his first show. We were all like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, That's like, insane. And and now he has a massive um building in downtown LA, which is like the Skrillex offices. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I remember yeah. sitting there and being he's like, a, he, like, what what's going on? I thought it was cool, but I didn't understand what he was trying to achieve. And I think that's where like a lot of my time in LA was spent, you know, I came from a small town in Texas, like Richmond, you know, they're there, rap country and oldies. I mean, Houston's infamous for 94.5 The Buzz, which is like, yeah, it was rock and roll. Like here's some Nirvana, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so a lot of my time in LA was again, being a, a cocky 17 year old, kid being exposed to so many different ways of life and so many different types of music that it's like you know, even to this day i truly try to shut up and listen you know and, and really like experience it as a fresh listener all the time because you know you never know what's going to be big and you never know like how something in its infancy looks grow you know it's so cool that's one of my favorite things with music yeah is watch, watching musicians develop you know, whether it's genre like Skrillex did or like uh, as bands, you know, like one of my favorite bands, you know, it's pretty probably atypical, but like the Strokes, you know, like they really, I think that they did a yeah. great job of expanding and maturing with their audience, you know, and so I think that's what something, definitely with Ezra Black, that is something that I want to be able to do. I think, you know, I'm already in my early 30s and I want to be able to write music that, younger kids you know in their teens can listen to and appreciate but then as they get older maybe start to understand like what i'm trying to say in those songs you know and the lessons that i yeah you know my biggest thing now is definitely wanting to help guide people through rough times because you know i think my time in la i didn't i didn't ask for that kind of help and i should have and i definitely i definitely didn't yeah. have anyone um I had people who cared about me, but I didn't know how to accept or listen to that kind of uh, wisdom. I should say. So totally. Yeah. What's say say? There's a kid right now 
say there's a kid right now listening from Houston. He's like, I want to make that. I feel like I need to be in L.A. I need to be in L.A. Do you think they need to be in L.A.? Or can you be a successful artist living in Houston? Man, that's that's tough. I, I think that someone, if they want to move to L.A., they need to be, they feel that need. I think they should go. You know, I really mm -hmm. think they should go. Okay. Because everyone should test themselves. You know, like you should... You know, for me, when I went out to LA, I thought I was one of the baddest musicians around. I was like, I'm a bad mother, you know, like, yeah. shoot. When I got out yeah, there yeah. and started playing with other bands, I was like, man, I suck. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good thing. So I was like, okay, cool. I can only get better. You know, if I push myself, I can only get better. And I, I think that if anyone from Houston or anywhere else, small town, wherever they are, wants to move to a larger city to expose themselves, I say 100% do it. But be mindful of who you are really on the inside, you know, don't lose that aspect of yourself. Cause that's definitely one thing I know. I, yeah. when I went to LA, I had that rock star mentality and I wish older me would have been like, dude, scratch that. You're a sweet person. Be sweet. You know, like I'm tough. I can get into fights and all that, but you don't need to, you know, you can yeah. drink and do drugs and smoke with the rest of them, but you don't need to, you know, like, you need to be focused on your music and what you're trying to do with that. What are you trying to accomplish? So that's all I would say, you know, like, yeah, go pursue your dreams. Now, do I think it's a necessity? I don't think so. You know, I think the cool thing that we have now is all of this technology, you know, like MySpace was just happening whenever, yep. whenever I was. So oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah, I remember being on MySpace and make, inviting thousands of people that I've never met, never will meet. And, um, you know, it was like what we had to do, you know, and then like we still had street teams back then, you totally. know, MySpace street teams. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, I remember. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like plastering up posters on like, you know, billboards and stuff like that, trying to run from the cops, you know, like, did it. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, man, I, I don't think it's necessary, but I think if people want that experience, they should go experience that themselves because. Yeah. You know, as, as crazy and some of the crazy stuff I did, some of the mistakes that I've made, um, I don't really have any regrets. I think the only regret I have is like, I didn't finish college and um, mm. I didn't take music as seriously as I could have probably when I had that opportunity. I, yeah. I think the advice I always give people too is like, you know, if, if you're 18 and you want to start a band, like you should do it, but you should definitely finish college because realistically no one's going to care about your band until you're like 22 yeah. anyways yeah. <laughs> you know and and and, and that's by the time you finish you know you're 18 you get out of college by 22 okay now do your thing yeah and you're still young as fuck Dude, but you think you're young. old so you think you're one running out of time bro you barely just started drinking level up <laughs> yeah. Level, yeah exactly you, you barely started drinking and you're legally allowed to drink like enjoy the you know go play some shows like go see what it's like but like you don't have to do that at 18 and that's the advice i would have given myself because i just like dropped out and i was like i only want to play music this is only i'll get a job and just start playing music yeah and the fuck it, none of that shit no, happened no, no. Anyway, until i got a little older yeah 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 i agree with you there but yeah i'm, I'm i know yeah. <laughs> did you ever live in LA or you always been in SB? I did, yeah, for like three okay. years. From 2015 to like two, a little bit before 2015. Okay, yeah, so we just crossed. Yeah. Yeah. But but like, you know, my experience in, in LA was like I was working 
all yeah. the time to be able to live there. And so it's like, why I'm working so much. And then I worked at this pizza job and they had me working Friday and Saturday nights. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I can't go to, I can't go to shows. Wasn't the idea we're supposed to network. Wasn't that what we were going to do here? Like, and now I'm just like hanging out by myself. Cause I didn't know yeah. anyone. So I would, and like the, my only friends were other bands I saw at yeah. shows. So we only saw each other at shows. We didn't like just hang. So uh, it, it wasn't as great for me, but I enjoyed it and I loved it. And I was in Highland Park and I love that neighborhood yeah. still. And, and nice. yeah, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, I was right there at the towards the beginning of the of the gentrification. Yeah, yeah. and uh, a part a part of me felt weird, but then I was like, dude, I'm Mexican. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm broke. Like I am not gentrifying this city. Like I'm just living in it. Yeah, I think that's always been a struggle too, is being like. Uh, Mexican-American or Latino, Hispanic, um, whatever national yeah. heritage description you want to use is it's like, you you know, at the points of gentrification, it's like, are you a part of it or is it just something that you're, you know, when I lived in Echo Park, it's like, dude, I'm not afraid or feel threatened, like, yeah, either by the people that live there or by like having to go to a uh, taqueria and like order and or something yeah. like that like no i did that as a kid like it's no different you know i think it felt weirder as gentrification really took over the neighborhoods and you sort of had to like spruce it up it's like you know it's 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 gentrification is a tough thing to discuss in the sense of what's right and what's wrong because yeah you know, at some points you do want those neighborhoods to to become beautiful and prosper but you know if they lose their dna it was it's it's was it the yeah. same or, you know, it's, it's a whole ship of Theseus complex that, uh... yeah, I heard, I heard AOC, AOC kind of put it in a nice way. I love, I love me some, <laughs> some AOC. And, uh, she, uh, said like, you know, there's honestly in theory, there's nothing wrong with gentrification. We want our streets to look beautiful. We want to have nice businesses and people shopping and the economy thriving. The problem is the disemplacement of the original people who lived in that neighborhood. Yeah. And for some reason, we can't have both. We can't beautify our neighborhood and kick everyone out. Like, if we could find a way to do both, keep everyone there, but also just make the yeah. neighborhood nice. Yeah. And I think, you know, but I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of uh, systemic uh, diplomacy that goes on there. And I, I agree yeah. with that 100%. You know, I don't think she's wrong at all. You know, yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's some people that may feel opposite of that and you know they have every right to i suppose but totally. at some point it's like where where does the human factor end and where does the monetary um venture begin you know it's like you know everything mm -hmm. does cost something but is it worth yep. what you're you're giving away i suppose or taking out yeah. have you guys seen a lot of that in houston you know, it's Houston, it, it's, it's happening. I think it happens at a slower pace than the rest of the country. Um, I want to say for the most part, Houston is a um, suburban rural area city. I should say it's a large city. So, so it spreads a lot slower and, and the transitions are a lot slower, you know. And I think, though, that Houston is very... For the most part, I would say for the most part, Houston locals take care of our own. Like we, you know, if there's been a business that's owned by a person of color, 
and they've been there since 1940 something, I think most people like stick true to them, you know, whether or not the neighborhoods around them is changing, you know, it stays there, you know, I, but there, there has definitely been some cases of lower income neighborhoods and, and, um, you know, the Heights is a perfect example. Like back in, you know, when we lived there in 2005, 2006, it was just some of those, you know, turn of the century, mid-century homes were just getting re renovated. And, and, you know, it's like mostly Hispanic folks living out there no one's there. And then nowadays it's just like, you know, there's a bike path and like, you know, hop dotty and all this other stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone of color there. Um, you know, that's, that's outside of a, a certain, um, pay range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, totally, and like, yeah. I'm not going to knock it because I do enjoy those amenities or amenities, but uh, at that one, at some point, you know, it's like, this isn't, this isn't anything that it was founded on, you know? And, and I think that what bothers me out of any gentrification is whenever it is, you know, and I would say, say it plainly, I think it needs to be said plainly um, in order for it to get, received is whenever a certain ethnicity is prominent in an area and then is driven because of the change in economic standing whenever they're not allowed back uh that bothers yeah. me you know whenever it's like yeah a predominantly hispanic neighborhood becomes gentrified and then a predominantly uh caucasian uh people move in and then whenever Hispanic folks try to move back in and are sort of, you know, given that weird stare or that silence, um, that bothers me, you know, because yeah. I think that, you know, some of those American standards of like, yeah, it's the American dream, bust your ass, make your money, you can have that, you know, if we're doing it and, and if mm -hmm. we're doing that at a different pace, you know, then, then why shouldn't we be accepted? You know, and I say we, meaning totally. you know, only myself and, and anyone who shares and in, in the ethnicity that I have. But I think it, it could be totally. a pretty blanket statement. Yeah. 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 That's why I wrote the call. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I saw it. Shit happening, man. You know? and yeah. The call, that, that song means a lot to me. And I, it's, I wish it's a song that it's sort of like, when I explain it, I sort of say it's like a, a, a synopsis. It's like it's like a Wikipedia page of like all these other things that I want to talk about and write about. But it does hit it all, you know. It's like you know, the first verse in that song is about people in lower income neighborhoods coming back from jail, and you know, there's a liquor store on every corner. Why is that? You know, mm -hmm. and then. Totally. The next is like, you know, talking about immigrants being like kids. We're talking about kids being ripped away and called rapists and all the other trash. And then, you know, women being uh, really molested verbally and physically. Yep. Like, that's, come on, man. You can't be doing yeah. that, you know? And then after that, you know, it's like, you know, people call it black men, especially being just, just yep. hunted down, man. I, I really don't know how to list it. It doesn't seem to be any other way, you know. It's like it's, you don't actually yeah. continuously kill people of a specific ethnicity or race, however you want to. It's not a race, man. We're all the human race. To me, it's there's ethnic 
differences, for sure. heritage differences, but we're the human race. And, uh, yeah, you know, and then, yeah, finally you got Trump fucking talking, tweeting all the time. Like, what the hell is this? You know, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, you, you know, the polls can always be misleading, but at the moment they're saying he's losing Texas, Trump. You know, I, I think that may be the case. Um, I'll say this. I will say this. My family's dark Republicans and very religious, you know, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but stereotypically, uh, Mexican Catholic. I have, well, yeah, 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 yeah. uh, we do fall into that stereotype and my parents are very, 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 uh, yeah, the religious in their voting and as well as their way of life. And I do appreciate it because it did help me to navigate into some virtues that I wanted to exude, but at the same time, you know, my dad's an old school man and he didn't raise me to like trash talk people. He didn't raise me to like disrespect yeah. military. I mean, he himself is a, is a Vietnam veteran. And so I think a lot of these Republican people or people who have uh, Republican tendencies mm-hmm. are really starting to just be, be a little more true to what that means. You know, I think, there's nothing wrong with some of the ideas of the true nature of the Republican party. But I think, I think both sides have been skewed into some form of extremism. And, you know, I think it's, it's necessary for a society to have multifaceted ideas because we can't just have it one way because we're not all one way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you make your peanut butter and jelly different from how I do, but <laughs> I, I use the I use almond butter. Yeah, you know I, I, I like to put honey on mine. You know I think it tastes good. Um, yeah, totally. You know, and so it's like, hey, you know, tomato, tomato. But yeah, yeah. If, if that is happening, if that is the case, I hope it's for the reason of we need to find some common ground because right now we are just being uh, really just rattled up, man. You know, I feel like yeah. a lot of far-leaning Republicans are being frightened into that their way of life, whatever that may be, is going to be destroyed or the American way of life is going to be destroyed. And, you know, I don't, I I tend to find myself feeling in the middle of either um, uh, diplomatic thinking. And and I, I would never want that, you know, again, like, I'm not a Republican, but I would never want some of those traditions to, to go away uh, because I think they're good yeah. for people in general. Um, but also, like, I, I don't think, you know, the far left leaning ideas are 100% great. You know, it's like, okay, well, we do got to think some things out, you know, um, because, you know, you don't want you don't want diplomacy to end, you know, or democracy either. You know, and I think that's a, that's that should be the, the big uh, topic in the room for both sides to discuss is like, hey, how do we keep our democracy alive? Yeah. You know, and, and our civility towards each other. You know, like again, it, it's it's not all one way of life got us to where we're at. You know, so we got to really talk about that and yeah. listen about it, man. I think that's the biggest thing. Is you know, again, having having my own personal beliefs and I, talking to family members, and I have a lot of family. You know, like, and uh, one thing I've learned is like, hey they're mad about something and you know i went to therapy 
for a while for anger issues and a lot of stuff that I hadn't addressed mm. from my youth. And one thing I learned was like, yeah, no one ever listened to me. That's why I was so pissed off at that time. Yeah. So if someone's pissed off, the first thought that I try to have is shut up and listen. They're obviously something is bothering them. So you want to be able to help them understand what it is so they can help you understand where they're coming from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think that talk of mental health, especially in, in the music, like we, we always say, Oh, we don't need therapy. I'll just use my songs to put out my feelings. <laughs> but like, that's just you expressing yourself. You're not really getting that help that a therapist I think can give a lot of us. And I don't know. I think that's the next wave that I think musicians will eventually get to. Yeah, I think so many rely on us like, oh, why do I need a therapist? I'll just write another song and get it out. But like, I don't know if that's 100% the cure, man. No, no, no. I don't think it is either. Um, you know, especially like back to yeah. what you were saying at the beginning, you know, like most of my songs are sad, <laughs> you know, like, or like they're heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that is a part that I was able to communicate those ideas because I went to therapy and, and I definitely, I, I suggest it for everybody. Um, but you, know, you have to find your own way of doing it. You know, I went to an art therapist where a lot of it was just like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's talk about topics, draw, talk about that and just keep diving deeper and deeper. Um, you know, but overall there's nothing wrong. Talking oh, that's about awesome. That's what, oh, that's what that? my girlfriend wants to do. He did art therapy. He did art therapy. My girlfriend's in the room uh, on the computer over there, and she's going to school to be a therapist. And oh yeah, yeah. I man, that was like something she wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, she should do it. You know, I think it really my my the person yeah. I'm too. She, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to speak about a lot of these topics or make living amends um, without going through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, I I definitely was not the best person. Um, you know, if this gets put out there and anyone who I yeah. ended up past sees this, you know, I, I definitely am not here to say like, oh, I was a good person. Like, no, no, I've made some really bad mistakes and I hurt some people that should not have been hurt. Um, and so I want to make sure that I, I don't do that again, as well as I understand why did I do that? Why was I acting this way? And how can I help myself to not do that as well as help others who may be in that type of situation to, to diffuse it really yeah. yeah yeah i agree i agree i think it's good to, to get the help and and uh even if it's something that's bothering you to go out and do it i haven't done it personally um i'm in the camp of like oh i'll i'll, I'll work it up here i'll figure it out <laughs> but like uh there's definitely been times when you hit that pressure point like oh i should i need i need help yeah. and it's like you know as more as i as i talk to my girlfriend more about this it's it's really just about giving you the tools like, yeah. you know, it, they're not helping, but it's like giving you the tools of how to communicate your feelings better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like going to school for anything. You know, it's like, I, look, I know how to code now, but I didn't just like know how to code. You know, like I had to talk yeah. to someone yeah. who knew it, teach me. And whenever I made a mistake in it, they had to like, be like no, this is where you went wrong. You know, and it's like, help me out. You know, and I think that's a big thing, especially like for men and especially the Hispanic. Yeah. Community we weren't really raised to ask for help, you know, or like, yes. hey, you know, suck it up. I heard that so many times in my life. Just suck it up. Why are you crying? I'll give you a reason to cry. <laughs> like, you know, like all those things, you know? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. I heard that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like hearing that your whole life pretty much, or, or, or even just like, Hey, when I made a mistake, like bad grades in school, that's a whooping right there. You know, like 
you know, like something. Yep. Every, every consequence to every action was sort of, you know, reprimanding a physical reprimanding, then that's sort of what you get. That's what you start to think is right, you know? And, and yeah, you know, thankfully I never took that out on other people, but I took it out on myself physically for sure. Yeah, and I think I think that's definitely like a big generation gap. Like the way my grandfather treated my mother is different than how she went and treated us, but it can go other ways, you know, mm-hmm. where if the way my grandfather grandfather treated my mother, she would treat us that way and and it's up to the individual to make that choice like, "Oh, I'm going to break this cycle," you know. Yeah. And I think uh I definitely experienced my fair share of 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 that uh, discipline discipline, but like it wasn't nearly as bad as like when you start talking to other friends. You're like, oh, you guys really had it bad. Oh, I, I think I'm I think I got off lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh no, yeah. I mean, my friends definitely knew. Like, don't don't uh, don't do what you're not supposed to do <laughs> like in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely noticed like a few different things going to Texas, like, just like, you know, Tex-Mex is like such a thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like seeing, you know, seeing Mexicans dress up as cowboys. You see that here kind of, but like, I don't know. It's just different. Like, how, where are the big differences you see between Texas and California? Mexico? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, having, having lived in LA, it's, it's even different from like San Diego, you know, it's just like. It's a regional totally. thing for sure. Because even in Mexico, there's like different regions. Like you have your Monterey people yes. and then you're, you know, people in Oaxaca and stuff like that. Um, but I'll say this. Like, so for Texas, I believe that there's just more of that vaquero, like ranchero lifestyle. And yeah. that shows itself in the food for sure, as well as the culture. Um, a lot of corn, a lot of black beans. Yeah. And corn. Oh, yeah, man. That's what I noticed. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. But, you know, like, San Diego has its own way of cooking, too. I remember, like, the first time I went there and was, like, trying to get just barbacoa, you know, and said, so, well, it really wasn't how I had it in Texas. And so I was like, what is this fresh? Mm. <laughs> um, but then I had a San Diego burrito with French fries in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I like this. Um, <laughs> the French fries, man. Yeah, that's why I've been doing yeah, lately. Is you know, French it, fries in the burrito. So I can't really tell you what it is in the sense of other than yeah. it's just a regional difference. You know, I think that that uh, different migrants from Mexico went to different parts of the country and their their culture that they brought. Is just seeped into the, mm-hmm. the culture that was there already, and then I mean, even, even as far as like the architecture, you know, like it's homes, you know, you don't really see that too much here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you see more like the the open type of courtyard homes here in Texas, you know, like where it's just a little more yeah. ranch style, and. But yeah, man, and I can't, I, de- I definitely won't go on record as saying one food is better than the other, but I will say. <laughs> we can't get your hot I'm partial to some Tex-Mex, man. I mean, I know, I, I know. I can't say, I, I, know. Will say, I will say we got rice and beans on lock down here, you know, <laughs> like you can't really get it anywhere. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah. And then barbecue as well. Man. You know, a so, lot, of, a lot of that stuff I hate. Yeah. 
yeah it's like a lot of that stuff i don't like like they say like you can't really get good mexican food in new york i was like you can yeah. it's you can get good mexican food almost yeah. anywhere there's a few places you can't but they're almost and if like you're in you know, new york why bother man get some puerto rican food shoot like that stuff's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? get some puerto rican food get like some oh yeah cuban. and when you're in florida get cuban food oh yeah, yeah. Shoot, give me up some plantains any day. That stuff's good. <laughs> you know? Shit's that shit is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And in Chicago, have you been to Chicago? You know, yeah, I've been to Chicago, but I never have tried the uh, Mexican or Hispanic food there. Um, not not out of disdain, but just there's a, I. There's a huge culture there. There's a bunch of Mexicans. I have family who moved to Chicago. They came from Mexico and just went straight to Chicago. Like. I don't know how that happened, but I'd love to learn about that. I need to know how they ended up in Chicago. <laughs> the the fucking coldest they, place. They fell asleep on the train and then woke up in Chicago. That's probably what happened. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it, man. I don't know how they ended up there, but it's beautiful. And when you're on tour and you're and after Houston, right, you guys are like the last brown people we see until we get to Chicago. It's it's amazing. Yeah, right. I know. I know, I know. Because sometimes you skip Florida, you know, Florida is like, it took us like six hours just to get to Orlando or Tampa. Yeah, I was gonna say, Florida, that's like, that's, it's it's a tough, tough market to, to go and explore. Because, I mean, first off, I don't think that like, uh, rock music or any type of indie music has much of a, a foothold there and then yeah, like you said, the mm -hmm. state is not friendly to the traveler because you just go in like, huge <laughs> yeah and then getting back out you're like yeah. okay well here we go you know because but then i mean once you get out there's absolutely no shows in between you know like yeah yeah but once you get out of there it's great you know you got like carolinas or awesome it's awesome travelers, beautiful up to you know Virginia, oh yeah you know, then it's it's crazy i love that's definitely like one of my favorite parts of the country of the united states for sure east. yeah the, that east coast drive yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, you um, did you guys tour a lot with that band with uh, your? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was gonna ask. Did you guys tour a lot with your brother's band? Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry if there's some lag right now. Um, yeah, we did, we did. We toured, we toured most of the country. Um, some Canada stuff, Vancouver. Cool life. I love Vancouver. It's beautiful. But, really? Uh, yeah. Have a oh yeah. I think I've, I've definitely said it. Like if I, if I could, I would for sure live in vancouver like canada um yeah. it's just gorgeous and i think the people are great very very wonderful people out there um as well as montreal like you know you can't go wrong yeah. there um, and yeah so yeah i toured that definitely with other bands i was in los angeles we did more of west coast stuff you know from san diego all yeah. the way up to seattle and that that's great too man that pch drive is really unbeatable too you know like yeah. i, I one of my favorite things to do when I lived in LA was just take the train from downtown LA all the way up to like uh, slow SLA. Yeah. 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 I do that all the time. Yeah. It's great. I used to do it all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? awesome. Good. Um, but yeah, yeah. So there was touring there, but then also I, I was a, um, I was a traveling salesman for fashion stuff. And so I did a mm. lot of driving um, and traveling with that. And that was great, man. I, I usually tell people that too when I hear about people going. I, mean, I think it's great to go to their countries and, and soak in some of the culture there. But um, 
I feel a lot of people overlook the natural beauty that the United States has, you know, like go to Billings, Montana. Sure. There might be anything out there, but it is gorgeous. You know, <laughs> like, or yeah, yeah. I just found out there's like a beautiful lake and a river in Oklahoma on like the East side. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like I've been through Oklahoma. Oh. There you Jack there, you know, but but now I'm gonna go visit Oklahoma soon, hopefully, you know, because it looks gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I had the tour booked uh, earlier this year, and one of our stops was Billy, oh, yeah. Montana, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I've never been to Montana. I can't wait to go, and it, uh, I hopefully I go again. But like, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah I hope so. And I think see, like you know, like what we were talking and, about politically earlier, like if, if more people in our country went and visited each other we would yeah. be exposed to each other and know, sort of understand like, why people feel certain ways about certain things, you know, like, um, yeah, cause I, I will say that's one thing I learned a lot in my travels is like why certain areas have stereotypes, but then also like why they sort of have certain leanings mentally or, or um, culturally, you know? So I, I highly encourage it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, everyone should go. On <laughs> yeah, everyone should sleep in a fifteen passenger van at least one. We slept in a Waffle House in uh, oh, in the Waffle House, <laughs> like in the parking lot of the Waffle House. I mean, and uh, I was, right? it was brutal. Oh, yeah. It was hot. It was humid and nasty. I don't know if I can. Yeah, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. I was, I was talking. But outside. then you. But then you wake up and eat Waffle House. You eat it at night, <laughs> and then before you go to sleep, you wake up, eat it for breakfast. Hey, man, that's yeah. There's worse things. There is worse things. Yeah, I miss Waffle House, man. We, there is not a Waffle House in. I don't know. There might there might be one in California, but like I don't think there is. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think I think it is more of like a south to southeast thing. You know, like oh yeah, I'm pretty sure like there's a there's even like a. Uh, I forget what it's called exactly, but like when there's big storms and hurricanes, it's like a Waffle House indicator. Mm -hmm. Like if the lights are still on at Waffle House, everything's fine. You're good. Yeah. yeah. How bad a situation is based off the Waffle House rivalry. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I I love that the food's so cheap and it's like you know it tastes. I think yeah. it tastes good, but like. But like, it doesn't matter if it tastes good. Yeah, it's so cheap. Right? Like, who cares? And it's and it's open all night. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> there's such a culture around the Waffle House that, like, you know, you just don't get at Denny's. You, you know, you don't. It, there's definitely a. Um, yeah, I I always have that that vision of walking into a Waffle House and some woman who's worked there for thirty plus years. Like, hey, yes. sweetheart, what can I get you? <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah, we asked the that, that woman, the you know the woman that you don't. I don't even have to tell you. Yeah. You know the woman. And I asked her. I was like, Hey, is it cool if we park? We sleep in the parking lot. She's like, Oh yeah, I do it. Every time. <laughs> I do it all the time. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. She's like, Yeah, just you know, just don't let the you know whatever the truckers just hide behind the truckers or something. I'm like, Oh my god. Okay, so that's good. Giving you the ins and outs, baby. <laughs> but then I found out you could sleep at a at a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, Walmart parking lots. I I don't. I don't... That's what they say, right? It's like they're cool with it. Like I yeah, because I mean, most of them are. Well, I remember when most of them were twenty four hours. Like well, I think Walmart was one of the first major stores. So I was like, hey, we're open twenty four hours a day. You know. Yeah. Um, which is like, pff, I remember my parents heard that. They're like, yeah, we're gonna go shopping at eleven at night. Go buy five gallons of milk for all these kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. 
Yeah, I remember Walmart was always like the big bad boogeyman. Like everyone hated Walmart. There's not a Walmart in Santa Barbara because the city legit told them, no, we don't want you here. And now people, there's like a turn where people feel bad for Walmart because Amazon has just blown them out the water. Yeah, I mean. There's like a little sad people feel for Walmart now, even though they're awful, they're evil. Yeah, it's it's the nature of the beast with capitalism, you know, and it's sort of just like. Yep. uh, Uh. there's always a bigger fish out there, you know, like Amazon's the biggest fish. We're talking (laughs) Megalodon shark there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's pretty wild, man. Like I just, you know, back where I grew up, it used to be nothing but trees pretty much for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I went down there to visit my parents and I was like, what's that large, like, it's almost like an acre building that they're building like a parking garage like, oh no it's a new amazon warehouse like, what <laughs> wow it, wow it looks like it could store a small town it's crazy wow. yeah it's insane but um but you know again that's that's nature of the beast and that's that's sort of just where i guess american consumerism's going you know yeah online well this pandemic has sped up yeah. all of that like we were thinking in the next five years this was gonna happen, and now everything sped up to no, it's now. Yeah, I think didn't it, uh, you know FSS, yeah. was it the FSS or FSC um, just approved the the drone delivery for Amazon? Yeah, oh wow, I'm pretty sure that's insane. Um, which yeah, man, we're 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 living in Wally times right now. <laughs> oh yeah, this is definitely this is definitely, <laughs> but don't. Don't tell people from Los Angeles that, man, because they have just been flocking to Santa Barbara. Really? Again. Yeah, this is their getaway. They come here, they bring their shit here, and then, you know, we have to get our numbers down again. It spikes, like, every weekend, then we got to get uh, them yeah, down dude. again. I, I was going to ask about that. How's Santa Barbara? Like, nowadays? Because are you born and raised there? It's born and raised here man yeah i uh i'm like in between uh santa barbara and galita they were one city at one point but then when i was in junior high galita said we want to be <laughs> our own thing and my dad lives I'm, I'm living with my dad right now and he lives like in between um this like non-incorporate like i can't vote for either mayor it's like no no city wants to claim us <laughs> That's i don't crazy. know it's annoying as hell but yeah 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 uh but it's it's cool yeah it's it's cool i don't really leave my house that often like you know grocery store or um if i go to my girlfriend's house she lives like an hour away so i'll drive to her but like uh yeah it's only this last couple months because i've been i went to san diego to get the i like my my friend who does like photography i went down to his studio and we did the album art photo there and so going to san diego i was like wow this is fun like a vacation that we didn't even leave the car for (laughs) (laughs) Left the car to go into a studio and then came out and just drove around San Diego, got a burrito yeah, and left. Yeah, you know? that's that's really what you yeah. can do nowadays, man. I remember it's like, crazy. Yeah, when we first went to lockdown, my my girlfriend and I went out to uh, uh, I think it was Brenham, Texas, and we were staying at a friend's farmhouse, and we were like, "Oh yeah, let's go to the river." It's like you know, it's like there's probably no one there right now, but. There was like a line of yeah. cars that were getting turned away because the state of Texas was like, no, you idiots. <laughs> like, we shut down everything. We can't be together. Now you all want to go swimming in the same river? Like, get out of here. <laughs> oh, Which, no. Uh, you know, get on them. Get on them. <laughs> well, Texas was like the one that was like, 
they closed and they're all right we're back up they opened up before everyone and then they shut the yeah down. yeah you know I, and, and that's i think that's where you know as far what you mentioned earlier about maybe some texas leading the opposite direction maybe going a little more blue is you know everyone wanted it to be open and it's this whole survival of the fittest thing and it's just like hey man do you like being sick like just in general like yeah. i hate being sick i hate a sore throat i hate it when it's pretty outside and i'm sweating and chills on the inside you know i hate yeah. i just hate it so yeah why are we opening back up you know thankfully you know a, a lot of the people that i i've associated with were Really, I think they had their, the mindset right, but they're like, hey, man, we can keep our bars and clubs open, but do we want to risk that for the sake of money? Or do we want to just like, keep our community healthy and safe? And you know, that thing, unfortunately, they've taken a hit, but at the same time, like when they do reopen, I think they're going to get that support that is yeah. needed because they were, they were paying attention, you know? And, and I think Texas, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've definitely been hit hard and, and it's crazy, you know, it's, it's like, this could have all been avoided. You know, there's, there's definitely a lot of lives that have been lost because of what, because of what you want, you yep. don't want to wear a mask. You want to go have a beer, you know, like, yeah, go buy a fucking six pack of Lone Star at the corner store and chill the fuck out. You know, like oh, man. you don't need Luby. You don't need to go eat or shit like that. It's nice. You, sure, you have the money for it, but like, okay, it's your right to do whatever you want. Cool, man. But do you need to exercise that at the expense of someone else's life, you know, or potential life? Yeah. You know? But again, that's, that's just a personal opinion, and I'm sure like there's going to be folks that don't uh, subscribe to it, and that's fine, you know. And I'm not, I'm not um, here to argue it. Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion, but. I think it's those same people that like whenever shit hits the fan, they're the first ones to reach a handout to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And um, are, how's the satellite doing? Are you still working there? Are you still involved? Like how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, still, still in, you know, in the lineup to work there. Whenever we reopen, we've we've been discussing it, and it's so tough, you know, like you know, because the way that Texas is doing it now is if we want to reopen, we have to get a uh, food vendors license and then it's like okay we could do that financially but then we're putting that food vendors at health at risk and then if anyone comes you know push comes to shove we're a fun music venue we want to be drinking and hanging out with each other you know it's like yeah definitely put on shows you know like we satellite was definitely you know gil and eric um i mean you can't find a, really a better duo in my opinion that like truly cared about what they were doing and um you know sacrificed just as much as we got back you know and so so anyways yeah I, the, the the plan is to open and i hope they do um you know i'm, I'm not a major part at all the decision making process though i am a yeah, other than just being the yeah, yeah, and I I, mean, I fully support really what they they want to do because I trust them to have everyone's best mind, uh, best interest in mind, and definitely, yeah, man, we yeah. miss it though. I'll, I'll tell you that we miss. I know that's such a great venue. Yeah, and it was, it was just like it's like the house party that 
could have existed. It's, it's every, I think it's every like mm-hmm. music kid's dream of a venue, like sort of shitty, but also well put together. Like everything was done purposefully. Yeah. I mean, some of the acts that came through there, it's like, you know, like I said, Gil, dude, that guy is, he's on the up and up with, with what is just good music, you know, like, and I mean, mm-hmm. everything from Caro Carabonito to you guys to, you know, drug dealer, yeah. like, fun stuff, real fun stuff. I miss those venues and I miss meeting all the people. That yeah, it's, 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 it's like building something in Houston, like before, you know, obviously looking from a California perspective, like when I would think about booking a tour, I would just skip Houston because I don't know, because I just don't know. But because of the awareness and the great work that they've done over there, Satellite, I'm like, oh, Satellite, that's a stop. That has to be oh, yeah. a stop now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, and it's like, know, that's not, that's not like Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not like Santa Barbara. You, you do San Francisco, you do LA. You don't stop. Yeah. And I, I, I wish we had a place, you know, we could build something like that. Yeah, man. And I mean, you and we know, have Soho. We do have a venue like that, but yeah. I think there's hope. I think there's hope for every uh, skipped over city out there to have its own little satellite. Totally. Um, That's actually how El Paso feels. Yeah, El Paso is a crazy, like. I played El Paso and they were so fucking stoked like thank you guys so much for coming like please come yeah. back like el paso loves you like i was like oh shit yeah, this is man. awesome i mean you know well that's where um at the drive-in came from right you know like hell yeah that's why i got excited yeah. i was like oh yeah Cedric. yeah man i mean there's it's huge hispanic and you know i think that's the cool thing about satellite too it's like you know being having played in la and it's predominantly uh you know the music industry in general in the united states is predominantly white you know predominantly caucasian satellite felt cool because I saw kids that were like me at 17, 18, coming to these all ages shows, trying to sneak alcohol. And I'm saying, no, 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 you, but seeing that sort of tenacity to like, want to have an outlet, man, it felt cool to be able to hang out with those kids. And, you know, especially with the Ezra Black stuff, like playing the music there and, Having people come yeah. afterwards that looked like me and had similar backgrounds to me and being like, dude, thank you so much. The song means so much to me. Or like, I listened to this when you released it. And it's like, dude, I released it yesterday. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> like checking it out. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, and yeah. um, I hope I can't wait for us to reopen to be able to be there for those people again, um, because we need it. You know, I think the Hispanic community, we're um, always – sort of like swept under the rug when it comes to our um, influence in music, uh, as well as just like what we create. You know, there's a lot of great bands, man. Like, shoot, when we did Monterey and stuff like that, all those guys out there, that's just oh, yeah. like, man, they, it was like watching like Radiohead be rebirthed in Mexico. I was like, what the, what is this? Like, and no one knows I love that. this, you know, it's so cool, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love satellite. I hope every town can develop their own satellite. And I hope that bands all over the country um, really start stopping in Houston, you know? Because, yeah, I mean, we lost a lot of great venues over the past couple of years, like Fitz, um, Walters. You know, a lot of these venues that really helped build cool communities in, in their moment in time. And, and I definitely hope that Satellite is one of those places that just doesn't 
it doesn't go away, you know, like it'd be cool to have it be like yeah. sort of a institution, CBGB type of institution, you know, um, but that doesn't get turned into a retail store with like million dollar loss on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CBGB, uh, 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 yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen that kind of stuff, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I, I hope, I hope it becomes something uh, really special when we open back up. Shout out to NIVA. They are trying to save our hashtag, save our stages. Like, uh, yes. they just had a big thing on CNN, a big piece on CNN. And, and, you know, it's tough, man. Like, like I said, in Santa Barbara has literally one venue. And if anything happens to them, we're fucked. Who's going to open another one? Like who has the capital just open? Exactly. Venue? And that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, people, I, yeah, like I have a few friends in uh, music production, like um, live production that, you know, that I've been reading what they've been putting out there. And it's like, yeah, dude, live music accounts for $1 trillion in the United States, like, you know, economy. And it's like $1 trillion out of the economy. And that's crazy, you know, like, yeah. And also, too, like, you got to think about the social aspect of music really. It's so, it's so stereotypical to be like, oh, yeah, music saved my life or this and that. But it's true. You know, it's, totally. it's really true. Like some people, music is all they have, you know, or it's, it is their escape or it is their community. You know, like, again, like you have people that are like just staples in music communities that, that, that what, what, you know, what, what can they do now? You know, and like you said, who, yep. music is a, is a very unforgiving lover because you put all your resources into it and you, really don't get many of them back you know <laughs> like i'll be That's the first right. one to say I, oh yeah <laughs> I spent more than i've made back but but i guess like the the ability to do it is something that just is worth that cost you know like being able to play music and make music and hang out yeah it, it is it's important you know it's important to society and then i think i think that our government both local and federally need to start paying attention to how they can help invest back into the arts, really just arts in general. Um, because you know, that's shoot. Look at, look at what the United States has provided to the rest of the world when it comes to music, you know, like rock and roll is born here, man. You know, (laughs) like totally. And And like, if you look, and if you look at like, you know, as soon as this pandemic started, what did everyone do? They listen to music. They listen to podcasts. They watch yeah, television. You know, they watch movies. All art. All, all of it is art. You know, and, yeah. and it's like you need us. <laughs> you may act like you don't need us, but you, when shit hits the fan, you can't go outside your house. So when venues open up, I want three dream tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need three drink tickets. Yeah, exactly, dude. We played. We played the craziest show New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, this last year in, at Soho, and they just gave us like bottles and bottles and bottles. I was like, this is fucking insane. And like, I can't argue. If you uh, told me what this year was going to be like <laughs> that night, I wouldn't have believed you, man. Like, it was such a fun night. And if it's like, I didn't know. If I look back on that night, I'm like, wow, he had no idea what was about to happen. Oh, yeah. this year. <laughs> man, I feel the same way about Sadie. It's just like, too, you know, like the last show that I, you know, bartended there, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'll be back next week. You know, I'm just like close, I'm closing down yeah. the shop. Shoot, it's been like four or five months now, and it's just like, okay, we need to open up. You know, like for most yeah. 
you know, obviously like I want to, I want to have the community back, but also too, like, you know, we need to, we're trying to make money and survive, you know, it's, it's, it's for tough. sure. But, you know, again, that's just that sort of, you're doing it for the love, for the money. Thankfully it's like, I know it's for the love, you know, it's just like money is a byproduct. Yeah. People supporting us and coming out and having a good time. Um, but yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> like I hope, I really hope that we, we meaning the music community and the arts and culture of all these cities in the United States, like really itself. I mean, Austin, I, it, I, it breaks my heart to even begin to think about how Austin is treating its venues right now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really terrible. It's, it's, especially that man, yeah. like, the, the city is what it is because of music straight up, you know, like, yeah, sure. We had UT there. Like it was a beautiful little river town, but it became Austin city because of music, you know, like, and, yeah. And I mean, that's where it's like, I think it's painted at the airport, like music at live music capital of the world. And it's like, well, shoot, you're letting all your venues close down and you're building condominiums on top of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yep. Stay afloat, you know? And, and, and again, I think the biggest thing is, Texas, we didn't pay attention to the rest of the world, what was happening. And so now we're having to play catch up with this virus and, and it sucks that we, you know, we didn't pay attention and, and there's a lot of uh, people, side effects to that, people being affected by that. And uh, that's the music being the biggest to me personally. Um, yeah. How crazy, man! Yeah, hopefully we can get we can get back on we can get back on track. Uh, so so what's next for you, man? In your in your project, man. Uh, well, I'm definitely I'm working on this new song uh, called Lady Justice. I, I know you saw that video that I did for Wonky Power, and it closed. Yeah, they they did a little festival, seven day festival, where people bought tickets uh, for each day. And cool. The last song that I did on my performance is called Lady Justice, and I'm working on that right now with a friend. Uh, Kerry McGraw out in Austin. Uh, he's part of a couple groups. But his main thing is modern medicine. But yeah, we're going to put that out. And then after that, like I said, I'm going to be working with my brother now that he's back here at home. Um, yeah, honestly, like there's no. Guys are going to get the band back. There's no better collaborator. I mean, all right. You guys are going to call Universal. Uh, Let's. We got the band back <laughs> together. Let's do it again. Yeah, man. I mean, shoot. I love, we would love to do it independently, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. More power to any artist that's being signed and, and, and hopefully, you know, cashing in through the major label. But, you know, I think. Did, did you guys not have a, a great experience doing it through the major? You know, thankfully, I think we had a very unique experience. Um, Monty mm. Lipton was the main, our main guy there. And he really understood what we were trying to do musically. And I think he also you know, thankfully shared that little piece of humanity where he saw us as people as well as artists. And um, yeah, he treated us really nicely. And they, they let us out of our contract um, really with, with, with no harm, no foul. I'll just say it like that. You cool. know, um, so we didn't have a terrible experience. You know, we definitely wished that we could have been uh, pushed more. But I, I think the biggest thing for us, and, and, and it really did happen to us this way, was, you know, we were a group of, four Mexican or Hispanic brothers with a half Japanese French guy 
playing English type rock and roll. You know, it's like, what, what are yeah. these You know, like none of them except for the English <laughs> French guys speak Spanish. So it's like, we can't really market in Mexico, you know, like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, man, I, you know, it, it was not what? the perfect storm. <laughs> um, Is that, is that, is that project anywhere online? Can people hear that? Yeah, or? yeah that one's called Astra Heights. And um, so we did, okay. did a self-titled album on Universal, uh, Universal Republic. And then after that, we worked with Swing House Studios and we did a recording or an album with uh, Brian Irwin. And I think that one was called Ship Theseus. And that one's beautiful, man. I think that was cool. sort of our... And then after that, we worked with a guy named Joel Gorin who... Um, works in music production and for television and film. And he's just amazing, amazing person to work with, a super talented musician as well. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, man, we had some, we put out some really great stuff, you know, I definitely, that's where I cut my teeth with songwriting as well as working with production and those lessons, man, I'm, I'm trying to use them now when it comes to it all. Uh, because I, you know, it's just freedom. Now I have freedom to do it all myself and, and really the maturity to sort of think back on what those guys were trying to tell me when I was in the studio. And they're like, no, dude, like do it like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So Astra Heights, it's A-S-T-R-A Heights, H-E-I-G-H-T-S. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can check it out there. My stuff, Ezra Black, that's the Spotify yes. and all that jazz. I love that track, man. I love the, what's, uh, 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 fuck. I was listening to it right now. It's the first most listened track on your, on your uh, thrilled up. Oh, twisted up. Twisted up. Yeah. Twisted up. Dude, that song's yeah, a banger. That one's, uh, you know, again, like that's, 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 uh, so I guess like I haven't spoken about it, but Ezra Black, it's, it's a weird project because, you know, I look one way and if you go on my Instagram, I have my face painted and all this other stuff. So I look really like intimidating and mean, but then I'm like, you know, singing <laughs> sweet pop songs, you know, <laughs> or I can't, I yeah. do write poppy songs. Um, and then you know, I think I even have it on my uh, description. It's like psychedelic cowboy pop. Um, totally. Because that's sort of how I feel. That's what I want the project to be is to say, hey, these are topics in different areas that I want to speak about. And I think with that, because of my experiences with, other musicians um, playing in other bands, I am able to write different types of music. And so for me, it's really just about serving the song. Like the song, I want it to be this, like Twisted Up, it's a pretty heavy topic because it's about, you know, it's about like someone talking about you and you're like, yo, like you're messing with the wrong person. Like you must be thinking about someone else. Mm -hmm. I know you're not talking about me. But it's a sweet pop, yeah. you know? Uh, so it's like, you know, how do you make this juxtaposition or this almost ironic, like, you know, sort of heavy subject matter with like a poppy song and it's catchy, you know? And like everyone's like singing, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so good, man. I've been, I've been listening to it on repeat. It's such a good song. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. I love that song. I, I honestly, I forget about it a lot. Um, that's a, that's a problem I have is I'll write songs and be like, oh yeah, I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah. No, that one needs a video. That one needs a. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you know. that's how I feel too about like 
so this next song that I'm working on, Lady Justice, is a big one. And then I have an album that I'm working on called uh, Hardworking Man. I'll let you in on that. And cool. uh, yeah, that one is. There we go. Yeah, it's based around um, a song that I wrote uh, probably like three or four years ago. Um, that really is just about like you know being a, a, a average worker here in, in America, just like. I, you're on this weird nine to five grind for what you know like for baseline survival um and so a lot of the songs are going to really s sort of focus in around that you know like um and i look forward to it i'm going to be working on that with my my brother and, and i look forward to putting out something hopefully by the beginning of next year um but who knows man with all this time on our hands it might be sooner than that uh, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's, totally. That's what's up next in the Esther Black map. Hell yeah, man. Dude, what's the best way um, for people to support Ezra Black? Um, man, really through Bandcamp. Uh, you know, they, they do those Bandcamp Fridays. And I put yeah. out a record called um, Midnight Tide. And that, that one's for purchase there. I'm working on some merch right now. A little behind on that. But... Um, you know, again, I think for me, the biggest thing is like making music. So if anyone wants to support, that's a great way to do it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Spotify, I do have a SoundCloud. So it's Ezra Black Music on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and then Ezra Black on Spotify. Um, if they want to follow me on Instagram, that's always great too. It's a good way to find out where everything's happening, yeah. what's happening. I, I do try to stay up to date on that. Um, and that's just Ezra Black. Hell Yeah. Well, dude, we can we can we can wrap this up, dude. Thanks so much for thanks for yeah, man. Thank on. you for having me. It was great seeing you, Jason. I'm Hell excited yeah. to hear your stuff, and uh, man, wow. I can't wait to have some laughs and have some sun. Yeah, this Sunday is like and this the next the time we see each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's been the best part of this podcast during the quarantine. Like, I get to just. Yeah. hang i get to reconnect with the homies and that's what that's what it's about. yeah man absolutely yeah and tell <laughs> i will man dude yeah dude rafa uh, is insane love that, that guy's crazy love that guy. <laughs> okay cool uh, i'll talk right, to you soon man you good. I'll talk to you later.